Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Rock Out Loud. This is the Goliverse most rocking Goliverse. The Goliverse is, you know what? The point is, we rock, and we rock as hard as we can. And I don't rock quite as hard as the co-host, but she rocks hard enough to make up for both of us. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in what seems like forever, in the words of Foreigner, feels like the first time ladies and gentlemen all the way from up the east coast Kristen in jersey what's up Kristen? hello my darling how are- i mean if it, if it has to feel like the first time i mean what better way for it to feel like than the foreigner song that's right exactly i love that song by the way those drums yes i i probably play it way too much on the old big honking show um <laughs> But I do. I, I love that song. I think it's a great song. And when they hit that bridge, of course, you know me, Kristen. I'm a sucker for a bridge. Goozles up. That's right. <laughs> In the up and locked position is what I'm talking about. How are you? I am so fabulous. So good. Yeah. How's ho- good times. How's hockey season going right now with the old Flyers? Awful. Yeah. Awful. Really? Yeah. Right out of the gate. Yeah. It started out so hopeful. Yeah, I know. But, like, tonight's awful. Mm-hmm. And we are just crashing and burning. Mm. So. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, I mean, I did get to see Eric Lindros play last week. And it was great because I only saw that one one more time in my life. And the man has still got it. Nice. Well, we are currently. Uh, this is our Rock Out Loud episode for the Goal Averse Marathon for Cure. You can find out more about Cure by going to curechildhoodcancer.org. Currently, at the time that we are recording and doing this live at mixer.com slash goalaverse, we're at $3,240 raised for Cure of our goal of 5000 We are a little over $100. Than, than what we did last year total. So we're so we're we've beaten last year's total, but we still have so far to go. If you're listening to this via the podcast feed, there's still time till the end of January of 2017. If you're listening to this in the far future, uh, I'm sure we've done another Goalaverse marathon for cure, God willing, and um, and so you might want to donate to that one. But this for now in 2017 uh, to the end of January, maybe beyond, if we can't fix my mistakes from earlier today. Uh, head over to geekoutonline.com slash cure, donate, help them out. It's a great cause. It's a great organization. They fund research into childhood cancer. And uh, I actually, today, when we first got started and I was sharing on my Facebook, someone uh, shared the post and commented that they've been working in the nonprofit sector for just a short time. But in their area, they've seen how, how crucial cure was to helping children with uh even blood cancer so it's um 
it, it's a it's a great cause and a great organization to help out and we are so we're so far away but we're still so close like it's so close to the goal we can taste it so help us out by handing over to geekoutonline.com slash cure and supporting this cause and helping us get there so uh but this is rock out loud and we got a lot to talk about Kristen. I, we got a lot of ground to cover. And can I just say, I have faith in my fellow rockers and my fellow metalheads. Like, come on. Let's let's donate. Let's get that total up. Let's do this. Yes. Um, oh, I'm trying to find that, that thing. This is from someone I actually knew when she was in high school. Uh, she said, I've been privileged to see some amazing work Cure does over the past year. I'm still the new kid in the world of nonprofits. But I'm thankful to have groups like them to look to as a good example. As I'm beyond grateful for the love they give to pediatric blood cancer patients in and around savannah so um yeah third year in a row we're doing this and excited to be helping them out and that's a great testimonial from someone who has seen their work firsthand so uh let's make it happen ladies and gentlemen um kristen i want to start with born to run Mm -hmm. the the book yeah and um and and talk about I, i know your experience with getting to meet bruce uh-huh. And and we talked about that on on the previous show. Um, I listened to this book. I've, I've still got about an hour and a half to go listening. Okay. Um, but he tells a story and tells the story of his life so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he knows it. He lived it. But there is a raw honesty, and I almost sometimes just want to sit him down and be like, hey, man, you're beating yourself up too much. <laughs> you're being way too hard on yourself. But I, but it's an attempt on his part to be brutally honest about his life and his choices and the way he was raised and the mistakes that were made, not only in his raising, but also that he made as a child and, and, a, and, a, and a son um, and, and how he's dealt with those and, and how his art has reflected that. And it's just... It's really compelling. It's a compelling, compelling story of his life. It really is. It's um, like, because the thing with Bruce is you don't really know a lot about the inside. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like what you can decipher in songs. Like we've talked about like, okay, like the relationship with his dad is just mm-hmm. so interesting. Right. And so to be able to have that just that quote unquote open book of mm-hmm. him being like this, this is my life. Yeah. And let us in and to be able to see that like such a good book. And honestly, like I told my one friend, Wayne Anthony, who I don't know if he's listening, but I told my friend Wayne Anthony, I was like, yo, like I know that you're not the biggest fan of Bruce, but he loves rock like books and mm-hmm. bios. Yeah. I was like, you have to get this book. Yes. Yes. Well, and I did something. I did a little something because most of Bruce's stuff is available to stream on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> when I was listening to it, I was on the road a lot through the holidays. And so I had a lot of time to listen. And so what I did for a couple of it was as he talked about writing certain albums or the release of certain albums, I would actually go back and give those albums a listen. Before oh, I, my God, that's awesome. Before I move forward in the book. Um, and here's a tidbit that I learned that I feel like maybe I should have known. But but when I expressed it to someone else, it, they didn't realize it. I didn't feel so dumb. Um, 
I didn't realize that Bruce Springsteen wrote and recorded Blinded by the Light. Really? First. Yes. Wow. Did not realize that. Yes. Yeah. That was, he's like, that's my only number one song, and I didn't even perform it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and, and I was just like, when he, because he kept talking about Blinded by the Light, I'm like, surely that's not Blinded by the Light, Blinded by the Light. <laughs> and sure enough, it, it yes, is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so i you know i was listening to greetings from asbury park and of course uh born to run and some of the other stuff i didn't i i kind of stopped that as i was traveling because i couldn't search and drive at the same time well, well that's good but for some of the earlier stuff i really did i, I listened to it and i'm like and, and it's just fun and interesting to hear his progression and hear him tell the story mm-hmm. of his progression well you know like okay so i my dad has the audiobook. I don't. And mm-hmm. my dad has also raved about the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite things about Born to Run is I love, like, you know me, I'm all about, you know, what was going on when he wrote the song? What's the song really about? So I love that he would, you know, talk about these scenarios and then he would be like, and this is what I drew from when I was writing Sandy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the inspiration for Sandy. Yeah. This is the inspiration for Rosalita. These are the people. And, like, I geeked out so hard over that mm-hmm. stuff. And then, like, the latter half of the book, like, the third part of the book, like, crushed me. Like, oh, my God. I was sitting there crying. Like, I don't know if you've gotten there yet where he's talking about the deaths of the band members. Um, but, like, when he talks about Danny and he says – you know, watching someone perform their quote unquote magic trick night in, night out for years and years and years, it feels an awful lot like love. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, I like he's not talking about himself, yeah. but in saying that, it's like you understand what the people that, you know, came to meet you at these book signings and how much it meant to them. Like you summed up what it means. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know I'm like, I'm obviously not in love with Bruce Springsteen, but right. the man had a huge impact and has had a huge impact on my life. And there is a certain level of love there for the man. So for him to like say that, and then like the end of the book, there's a passage, which I won't spoil because honestly it's unbelievable Mm -hmm. and it's so motivating and it's so uplifting like i want it just like i want it tattooed on me forever (laughs) like just so amazing talking about you know how he wants everything to be passed on and passed down and considering that his music was to me oh my god well he um there there's a couple of things one thing i noticed structurally is what does he say what and, and i'm and i don't know it enough to quote it but the way he introduces or not introduces but at the end when he says you'd have been rocked by the and he does the whole string of thing about the east street band yeah it do you what does he say he says the um hang on you've just seen the heart stopping pants dropping hard rocking earth shocking uh booty shaking love making viagra taking history making legendary east street band i might have missed some in there but i hit i hit all the big ones but that structure of description that he has it's like he builds to that through the book through the early part of the book because he will he'll describe a lot of things in that way and and you can see him build to this thing that would become his identifier for the e street band and it was just so like i'm getting into the process you know i'm getting in the head of the process of writing and then hearing him 
uh, on Mark Maron's podcast. That's just how he talks. It's very, I'll be honest with you, Kristen, it's very preacher-like. Okay. Um, when it, Because if you go listen to, and I don't mean like a Catholic preacher, I'm talking like a, 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 a spitting, stomping, you know, Southern preacher style preaching. Okay. Because what, what we do so many times is we over-describe what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what he does. And I'm, and, and I'm like, well, it makes sense because, you know, it's the same type of communication that he does that, that we do um, because there's the same amount of passion and there's, you know, obviously coming from maybe some different angles and stuff, but there is the same amount of passion, the same amount of heart put in it. And you want people to understand fully the extent and breadth of your passion about this thing. And, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. If he's the pastor of the rock and roll church, of course he's going to talk this way. (laughs) Right. Church of rock and roll. Yes. And so, Go ahead. <laughs> and, and so, um, so as as I'm listening to this thing, I'm I'm seeing that. But then there was the one thing, and we talked about it when we did one of our Bruce episodes. And I asked you about it. What about his relationship with his dad? That did that ever get patched up? Uh-huh. And um, and this is what this is the part that destroyed me in listening to this thing, um, because he does tell the story of you know, not being draft of being drafted and then, you know, getting the four F mm-hmm. based on and he talks and he's honest about how they tried to act crazy and everything. Yep, extremely but, honest. But the way he says it is, he's like, and if you do all that and you had a motorcycle accident that crushed your leg, and it's almost like he's saying, I didn't have to put an act on it all. It was the physical thing that would have kept me out. Yep. Um, you know, you get the four F and he's like, so and he kept it from his parents the whole time that he'd even gotten the draft notice. And so when he comes back and he tells his parents, you know, and he tells the story of his dad sitting there after all the times he'd said, just wait till the army gets their hands on you. You know, they'll cut that hair and all this stuff. And he says, my dad just took a draw of a cigarette and said, that's good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I know that story. Chris told me, so is that their, is that their mending? Is that their moment of fence mending? And it's not really. Nope. Because he continues on to talk about the the animosity and the and the struggle that was there between those two, and and there's just the heartbreaking story of going to see the Queen Mary with his dad. His dad wanted to take him to see the Queen Mary, yeah, because his dad had been on the Queen Mary on the way back from war. And he says, you know, I was a I was a jerk that day, basically. You know, he said I was just wanting to get out of there and not listen to his stories, and I'd love to have that moment back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, but Bruce, did you make up? Did you guys make up? Did you were you friends? And the fun and the story about them going fishing in Mexico is hilarious. Yes, it is hilarious. <laughs> and I'm like, and here's what I want to see. I want to see this book turn into a biopic, and I want John Goodman playing his dad. Oh, oh my God, that'll make me just cry because John Goodman, I already have feels for. Yes, and I want to see that scene of them loading, trying to get him into the boat and get him down out of the boat. And then just sitting, at, and then just, and then look, and then I could just see the delivery, John Goodman's delivery, looking at him, saying, "I got the boat tomorrow too," you know, and I, <laughs> and so, um, but just like such a relationship of few words, yes, you know? yes. And then he talks about how they didn't go out on the boat the next day, you know, they just sat around and ate burgers and laughed and cut up, and I'm like, well, Friends that's good, here. yeah. And I'm like, that's good. Are they are they friends now? You know, that they make things up, but there was still this tension, there was still this struggle. 
And then finally, as he's talking kind of through the death of his father, he tells the story of his dad just taking a drive to his house. Like, he's like, he just showed up at my house one day and came in and... I'm in the neighborhood when he's like 10 hours away. Yeah. And, and just, and said, you've been real good to me and your mom and I wasn't always good to you. And, oh my gosh. said, you did the best you could. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's like, there it is, you know? And I was like, thank goodness they made up. <laughs> You're like, I'm so emotionally invested in this relationship. I was. I, to happen. I was so emotionally invested in that relationship. And, and like, I'm getting choked up. I was crushed listening to that moment. And I'm getting choked up now talking about it because it's such a, it's such a real father-son thing. When you, because, you know, I, I what's funny is, and why do I always get so honest on this podcast? It's the music, Kristen. It is. Um, in in my family, we're a family of communicators. In other words, publicly, we are public speakers. You know, I get on a microphone and do this. I get in front of hundreds of people and do this. My father's the same way. My brother's the same way. But when we get together, it's some of the quietest times you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just not a lot of interpersonal communication. And it's just like... But it's those little things, those small moments that it's like those, we know what those mean, you know, yep. and it's never this, this huge outpouring of, of affection and emotion and verbose talk, you know, in, in fact, we kind of look sidelong at some stuff like that, but, but the, but we have those moments. And, and so when he said, oh, I just felt it so much like I, and here's the other thing, you know, um, there's a lot of times where I don't like to do the meet and greet stuff because it's so impersonal and, you know, it's just real quick. And, and, and unless you're just super passionate about it, like I got to meet Dusty Rhodes and I was, and I was really glad to be able to shake his hand and say, man, I, I've loved you for so long. And, you know, just like you said to Bruce, you know, your music's meant the world to me. And those moments mean, but my thing is, is like I, more times, more often than not, what I would really desire with some of these folks are a few moments longer to sit and chat and make a connection beyond the few minutes. And after getting this far in his book and, and, and almost finishing it up and then listening to his interview with Mark Maron, I'm like, I don't need to have that moment. I feel like I, I feel like I know this guy. Right. You feel <laughs> you know? like you know him. He has, he did the work to connect to his audience so that, you know, we don't have to work for a connection with him. We've got it. And that, that is why people love Bruce Springsteen. Like, when people say that Bruce is the everyman's rock star, like, anyone can look at Bruce and see themselves because he's just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. It's because of things like that. Like, and when you read the book or when you listen to the book, like, it's not like a navel-gazing, like, oh, I'm going to write in, like, all these, like, this grandiose language and, right. all, like, all no. this sort of stuff. Like, it's... It's written like you would be talking to someone that you're really close yeah. with. Now, I mean, like he, he's an artist, and Bruce Springsteen has an artist soul. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no denying that. But what I love is there's the moment when he realizes he's making money. Uh-huh. And he's like, and I feel like I've betrayed my fans because of it. Yep. You yeah, know? He's like, how do you write? How do you come from where I came from and write what I was writing about and not be a hypocrite? Right. Yes. Yes, it was just, I mean, and, and so it's that kind of, and I'm like, I'm glad he recognizes who he was and that he, and he recognized 
that in selling out, he didn't want to fully sell out. He never wanted to forget. And there is a moment, too, where he talks about, you know, the money that he has. He's like, and I'm embarrassed to say that I've, you know, I've got a nice house now and I've got this stuff. He doesn't really say I'm embarrassed. He's like, he's like, I'll admit, you know, that I've learned to enjoy luxury. Yep. You know, but there's still this humility and there's not, he hasn't forgotten where he's come from is what it sounds no. like to me. And like, you're, you're not going to see Bruce Springsteen with like a $5 million penthouse in New York city. <laughs> Job on Joby. Um, you're not going to see that <laughs> from him. Like, you know, he's got his house in Jersey. He's got his farm and you know, that's, that's his digs. He still goes to Asbury park all the time, rides his motorcycle, goes to the wonder bar, has some drinks and that's what he does. And I just like, I just love that man. I like, I just do. Yeah. Oh my and God. I, and, I love, uh, I love uh, that he loves his kids. Like he speak, right? he speaks so highly of his kids. Yep. Like that. And that made me cry. Yeah. Cause like, like I'm really close with my dad. So mm -hmm. it puts me in that position where I'm just like, I sit there and I'm like, I wonder if I, like, I wonder if this is how like he felt. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so emotional. <laughs> like, so, and it's not like they, the mo the one with like the most like, you know, quote unquote, like fame is the daughter. And because she's an amazing show jumper, the one son is a firefighter mm -hmm. and I don't even know what the oldest son does. Like, I know he was in school forever, but it's not like, you know, they're not following in dad's footsteps. Right. Like, okay, I love the story. I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but when he walks past Evan's room and he hears, he's like, I never push music on my kids. Right. Ever. Yeah. And he's like, I walked past Evan's room one day and I heard this like loud, fast, like rock, punk, like punk rock music coming out of it. And he said, Evan called me and said, dad, I want you to listen to this. Yes. And it, and it was against me who we yes. talked about. On yeah. The show. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I heard that. And I got to that point and, you know, and, and I like where he talks about his old man got to show off and take him backstage. Yes. <laughs> and he was like, I got to be the cool dad. Like that was the first time my kids ever saw me yeah. as like, oh yeah, no, like dude, like the bass player has your entire portrait tattooed on his arm, dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, dad's, dad, dad's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also, I love the story about his little girl when they take her to like her first equestrian competition Yes. and she, and she gets like fourth place and he's like, and it was real quiet. You know, we told her we were proud of her and everything. And it was real quiet. And then she finally asked us on the way home who won. Uh -huh. And we told her and she's like, well, what'd she do to win? And Bruce is like, and so I saw what I had passed on to her. <laughs> Because he talks a lot, he talks a lot, and it and it could, and it and it could be misconstrued if you're not seeing the whole heart of the man. It could be misconstrued as as overconfidence. But he says a lot that you know his whole thing was we were competing with everyone else to be the best. And yep. when we heard other bands, I compared us to them to say we can do what they do or we're better than they are, you know. And and, and there are moments where he says, I knew that I was not as good as these people. Or I knew that I I couldn't, I could not play as proficiently as they did yeah yep. and so he's very honest about it he's very honest about how it drove him to be better and it's a great it's a great read i can't recommend it enough um everyone go listen to it after this marathon show and yeah. wraps up <laughs> i'm telling you get it get it on audible and listen because he does the reading and and so he's putting himself into it you know and it's not as obviously he's reading his words. And so what's really interesting then is to turn around and listen to his interview with Mark Marin from earlier this month on Mark Marin's podcast. And 
to hear him in a more conversational place. He's just the coolest. Right? I think I idolized Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I love, and, you know, I'm talking to the, the listeners at this point, too. Okay, I love what we have done to Steve in regards to <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Like, since we started this show, you have come so far on Bruce. Like, you know, you let, you dug the music. You were like, Kristen, I don't know about, like, the live thing. Like, you're really into trying to get me to listen to all the live stuff. I'm like, yeah, because you have to. That's so much it's so much better. And then you're like, all right. You get 75, 85. You start liking it a bit more. And then you go see Bruce, and you're like, he's my boy. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I don't need to see another live show ever again. And now you've read his book. And I'm just like, I love where we're at, Steve. Yeah. I mean, look, I just, I dig the man. I've Listen, here's the point. I hear other podcasts where um, there's one podcast I listen to where the the uh, the name of the podcast is just a huge Dylan mark. He loves Bob Dylan, uh-huh. like weeps over Bob Dylan. I dig Dylan. I'm not anti Bob Dylan at all. I think Bob Dylan is 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 fantastic, but he'll use Bruce Springsteen sometimes as a punchline because he knows that his co-host, one of his co-hosts loves Springsteen. Mm. And so he'll use that as a dig, you know, to talk about, well, you know, Bob Dylan did this in two hours, but it takes Bruce four hours to do this, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and I'm like, but you don't understand. Nope. You know, and I'm like, and, and I'm, li- I'm listening to this guy. I'm like, if you would just read his book, you'd get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, Bruce I'm like, says, I don't want to go for four hours. I have to go yeah. for four hours. Well, like I've even come to the point where I'm like defending Bruce Springsteen to people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I dig the man. I think he's fantastic. I, I love his music and, and I love his story. And, um, you know, uh, there's, there's there's just a it's a great it's a great um it's a great read and i would consider if i were you the listener i would consider picking it up very seriously and giving it a listen giving it a read whatever it takes to to get that into you do it because it is totally totally worth it um, and tonight everyone will be interviewing bruce springsteen that's right no, ladies I'm and gentlemen here he is <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we'll talk about Bruce a little bit more in along in the show. Of course, we have to. It's a marathon show, so it means we got to talk Bruce. Exactly. Um, what about your struts? Have you been to see them again? I did go to see them in I December. So. Yeah, I thought I saw so. Them twice. <laughs> yeah, they did a Christmas show for you. They did. They did two Christmas shows. I went on back-to-back nights. On the first night, it was the first time I was not up front to see them. I was on the side at the bar, and I was with my friend Waps, and at one point, Luke waved over. He's like, he did not. Like, did he just wave to to us? I was like, I don't know. And um, then the next night, we did the meet and greet, whatever. So we go up, we meet them, and, you know, they're all like, look who it is. It's our girl. And I was like, hi. And, um... Luke said he's like, I saw you last night. He's like, you weren't where you usually were. I was like, <gasps> no. I was like, we got there late, and, you know, we didn't do VIP yesterday, so we just hung out in the bar. 
I was like, was it different? Was it different without me there? And he was like, I like you there. I was like, nice. thanks. <laughs> and then like, they all hug me and the drummer's like, you smell like Lush. I was like, cause that's where I work, baby. And he's like, oh my God, you also so good. And then they're all like grabbing me to like smell me. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. Hi, let's just keep doing this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then we were front row again and, um, they did rebel rebel. They did a tribute to Bowie mm. and they told my friend Waps that they were going to do it. And he's like, he, he always calls me the hot redhead. He's like, you know, the hot redhead I'm always with. No. You know the hot redhead I'm always with? Yeah, she's going to die when they put And they're like, oh, my God, yeah. And he's and Waps is like, she loves David Bowie so much. And then they, like, they did it, and, like, Luke comes over, and, like, he grabs my hand. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just love them. Guys, nice. I love the strut. They're good stuff. They're good stuff. I, I saw them on something. Oh, what were they on? And I'm like, I know who they are. It's like, I'm so proud of those guys. I know those guys. <laughs> My friend knows them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And they're in L.A. recording or getting ready to record their next album. Nice. Nice. Good deal. Claps. Awesome. Well, um, <clears throat> anything else we need to catch up on? How was your Christmas? <laughs> my Christmas was good. It was very chill and laid back. You know, it's just me, Angie, Bill, and Graham. So we just hang out. Good. Didn't have to work, which is always nice. Yeah, well, that's nice. That's a good... That's a, I know retail is a rough time in life for, for you guys. Oh, my God. It's just like you have no life. Yeah. No life whatsoever. Yeah. And my birthday was good, too. Yeah. <laughs> happy birthday on January 5. Thanks, man. So, <laughs> and you got taken to the Flyers game for your birthday, the aforementioned Flyers game. I did, and they won. All for you. They did win on my birthday. It was great. We were right behind the players' bench. I was drinking mm -hmm. a lot. Well, and it was fun. Well, 2017 is just coming up all Kristen. I mean, let's go, because 2016 was awful. It's coming up all Kristen so far, so <laughs> here we go. I, I I mean, we're we're almost... <sighs> when did Bowie pass? Uh, January 10th. So we've, we've already gotten further into the year without significant loss. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Great. I'm sorry. I, there have been some people I know personally who've been rocked by laws but i mean in the entertainment field but in the world of rock out loud yeah let me just go crawl under a rock right now and die <laughs> that was stupid you have to come out of the rock yeah that, that was stupid um we're gonna make everybody mad with our podcast theme tonight yeah well i don't think so well it's unpopular hmm. yeah it's unpopular but i think that it's still maybe not in our spectrum no i think it's still good stuff though I'm yes. gonna make you. I'm not gonna make you mad. I'm gonna make you roll your eyes. I'm afraid, though. Guys, I'm really excited for this. So, let's. Uh, well, let's get into this because this was an idea you had a while back that I really dug, and and I still dig. But the problem is, is I started to go through my stuff, and I'm like, I don't think I've got anything that would necessarily fit this. That you know that you didn't already kind of have on, on on your list. And so the idea is. Uh, putting out some unpopular music opinions there that we may hold, we being Kristen and I. And, you know, whether it's this album is good, these songs are good, this group is good, uh, and even though people don't think they are, this era is good. <laughs> um, and we try, or I tried to stay positive. Yeah. I could have gone negative, and I didn't want to sure, do that. Sure. Kristen just stated some facts as she sees them. <laughs> just very, I mean, like if this were a court of law, 
this would be this is Kristen's case um (laughs) so let's start here let's start with uh Bon Jovi okay always a good place to start on Rock Out Loud Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm we have covered on this show we have recovered two Bon Jovi albums or one I know we did Crossroads. I know we did Crossroads at one time. Yeah, we did but, Crossroads and we did New Jersey. Okay, we did New Jersey, but we've not done Slippery When Wet. No. And by and large, Slippery When Wet and New Jersey are considered pinnacle for those, right? For those guys, would you say? 100%, yes. Mm-hmm. So I just want to read Kristen's fact. <clears throat> <laughs> if it pleases the court... <laughs> Oh my God. 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit is just as good, if not better than Slippery When Wet. Silence. <laughs> now, well, here's the thing. And, and understand something. I don't disagree with you. Um, But let's, let's talk about Slippery When Wet. You're talking Let It Rock. Uh-huh. Great opening track on that thing. You Give Love a Bad Name. Hello, Iconic. Live, yeah. Living on a Prayer. That's good. Iconic. Wanted Dead or Alive. Nah. It's still iconic. I know, but you left out Social Disease, and I, d- I have a I'm problem sorry. with that. I'm sorry. So I'm just going through like the big <laughs> the big hits right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, those are the big ones. But then you got like Wild in the Streets, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Social Disease, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Never Race. Say Goodbye. Yes. Oh. Maybe the greatest love song of all time. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for it to come out. <laughs> um, one of my personal favorite uh, Bon Jovi songs, Raise Your Hand, is just... You like that because it's baseball. I, I do, but do you deny that it rocks? Um, come on. No, it rocks. Yes, it rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so this is a really solid album is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you compare that to 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, let's Both have 10 songs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Which one was first? In and out of love. No, no, no. Which oh, album? 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and quite frankly, if you're going to go by the hits, as it were, In and Out of Love is about it. Uh, excuse you. There were three singles off of the record and, and ha- three music videos. Okay. But how many really hit big? I mean, Only Lonely was pretty big. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But because I'm, it's amazing. What I'm saying, though, is here is, and I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm 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 having to play devil's advocate for the other side. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to your picks. <laughs> so, well, listen, it's going to be easy to play devil's advocate for the other side. <laughs> so what I'm what I now now the impetus now is on you. Uh huh. To let's let's go through this kind of quickly and hit some of the highlights that that make it as good, if not better than Slippery When Wet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. Slippery and Wet. I have not liked the songs, mm-hmm. the big, the big three on Slippery and Wet, mm-hmm. in about 
15 years. Okay. Is it I'm because done. they're... I understand. Played out? Yes. Okay. Except Live It On A Prayer. Live It On A Prayer still will keep that on the radio. There you go. Um, I think the quote-unquote filler songs mm-hmm. on Slippery When Wet, um, and I'm, I know you're going to hate me for this, but I'm going to include Raise Your Hands in that. Yeah, no, Raise I agree. Hands. I agree that's a filler. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, Raise Your, like, even Social Disease. Social Disease, um, Raise Your Hands Without Love and I Die For You. Mm-hmm. I think those filler songs are weaker than the quote filler songs on 7800 and All i right. don't even think that 7800 has a lot of filler on there okay i think the hardest part is the night and to the fire and the price of love would be the three that i would consider filler songs great 7800 degrees is also the only album that four of the five original members of bon jovi all have writing credits on mm-hmm. it was an album that was completely written and recorded in utter heartbreak mm divorces john broke up with darthea his now wife and was like completely distraught and wrecked over it Mm -hmm. he was in a fast relationship with diane lane yes superman's mom um and these are the songs that came out of it like it it's angsty it's hot it's heavy is it as well produced as slippery and wet absolutely not Mm -hmm. but they both sound very of their time Mm -hmm. they both sound very 80s lots of keys lots of guitar there's a little bit more of like the 80s vocal on slipper or not 7800 degrees fahrenheit Mm -hmm. just in terms like the early john bon jovi vocal yeah and i just like the songs on here are bangers man like silent night like you can't tell me you cannot play silent night and for anyone in the Rock Out Loud audience and have them not just like, oh, I feel this, yes! All right, well, let's let's play a little Silent Night.
Well, Kristen, I just want to say this. Again, just because I was playing devil's advocate doesn't mean I was disagreeing with you. I was trying to be the voice of the people who would holler back at you. You understand of that? Of the naysayers. <laughs> because, I want, because I want you to understand something. I love synthesized keys in rock and roll. And that's this record. <laughs> and, and, and I'm a sucker for power chords. And then if you throw in some vocal harmonies, what more do you need? Sold. <laughs> yes. Listen, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. That is a solid, solid song. Oh, so, I would give anything to go back to 1985 and be able to, to hear this record, <laughs> but it'll never happen. But yeah, like I will take 700 degrees Fahrenheit all day, every day, and I feel like no one gives a hoot about it because... It's not one of the bigger records. Well, you know, I I think the thing is, especially nowadays in the culture in which we live, um, that you have uh, you have a situation where we live in a hit based society when it comes to music, mm-hmm. and everything is a la carte. So you don't have the days of you get a record or a tape and you put it in, you put it on and you, and you listen through every track and, and I do that. I know you do. I'm saying that, but I'm talking about the way that music is consumed by and large. No, totally. And so, and the, and the songs that were hits when they were out, you know, are the ones that get played ad nauseum, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on your classic rock stations and stuff. And it's the same thing we talked about, like with Def Leppard's album that came out a while back is that you know the problem is it's a great album it's a fantastic album and anyone who's a Def Leppard fan should love it but it's not going to get the airtime it deserves because where do you play that now the classic rock stations won't play it nope you know Modern rock won't right so where do you where do you stick that now and so with this it's like who's going to go back and play the deep cuts off of something when all they really want to hear is in and out of love hair nation will <laughs> <laughs> Will they? They do, yeah. Do they sometimes? They'll play Silent Night. They'll bust out Tokyo Road. Sakura. They'll pull that out. I have seen them play Tokyo Road. That's, yes. I have seen <laughs> I have seen Tokyo Road come across Hair Nation before. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, but, seri- but, you know, the truth of the matter is, it's like, so nowadays when you talk to people about Bon Jovi, they're going to hit the big hits, and that's all they're going to hit. And that's what they're going to Amazon and buying. That's what they're buying a la carte, you know. That's what they're downloading, that sort of stuff. So, um, and but I think if someone will listen to it, they'll see, oh, my gosh. If you like 80s rock, you got to love this song, mm-hmm. you know. And it's right there um, in, the, in, the, in the middle of the album. Like, yep. right there holding it all together. Track five. Come on. Are you kidding me? What else do you want off of here? What else we oh, got? Oh my god! Um, always run to you if you want sleaze like social disease and let it rock. Here is the precursor to all that. Oh my god! The clock strikes ten out on the streets again. What up?
the thing about this album, Kristen, is it's everything I love about 80s rock. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I mean, it really is. It's everything that I love about 80s rock music, and it's everything that I love about the rawer side. Is rawer? Rawer. Rawer. I sound like wow, a, what up, Sal? Sound like a weird lion. It's the more raw side yeah. of, uh, of, of 80s rock. And... You know, this, and you're right, it, this has that sleazy feel to it. Like, you feel yourself kind of walking into into a Dirty Harry movie, into some <laughs> shady into some shady club where some mess is about to go down. 100%. Yeah, yeah. That's a solid song. I'm telling, listen, understand, again, I'm on your side with it here. We're not arguing. <laughs> I support you. Yeah, we're going to argue when I pull out a pick later on. Okay, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm not even going to argue. I'm not even that passionate about what I've got. <laughs> like, and one thing, so 7,800 Degrees, one thing I will say about 7,800 is, you know how sometimes, like, like you were saying, we live in a, a single culture mm-hmm. where everyone's like, single, single, single is the one song, the one song, the one song. So what I would say to sell this album is, okay, Everything you love about 80s Bon Jovi with, like, Slippery and Wet in New Jersey. Take everything you love about that. This album is the lesser-known blueprint that all that stuff built from. Hmm. So, it's like listening to an album that you might not be familiar with. How nice is it when you listen to an album after maybe, like, a year or two of not listening to it? And you put that bad boy in and you spin it and everything sounds fresh? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what this is going to be. Yeah. But classic 80s Bon Jovi. Because yep. let's be real. Does anyone really like new Bon Jovi? Like, um, do we have to even talk about that? <laughs> uh, is, is it even Bon Jovi? I don't even know. Um, So, hello, here is the album for you. I just gave it to you on a silver platter. Go listen to it on Spotify. It's on there. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to those synths in Only Lonely. And if you want a real good laugh, watch the Only Lonely video and see if you can make sense out of it because I've been watching it for the past, I don't know, 25 years of my life, still have no idea, but wish that I was the girl kissing John Bon Jovi on that bed. That's all I'm saying. Well, now I have to look at this video. Dude, it's awful. It's so bad. Only Lonely. <laughs> I've not. It's like it has dialogue. There's supposed to be like some kind of theme, but I have no idea. It's like Cindy Lauper, time after time, or not time after time. <laughs> Papa um, don't preach. No, girls just want to have, have fun. Girls fun. Yeah. Also, like, um, like Pat Benatar, we belong. Like, it's mm. giving me all these weird vibes. Okay. Here we go. Is that Negan? Thank you. I quit playing. What have I got? Is everybody feeling good? Man, you sold us out. What? They are not nice people. Hey, forget her, man. This guy. Kristen, is this is the thing about about videos from this time period? I know. Is that like they were trying to make many movies? Nope, it didn't work. And and this turned into more of like a like huh? 
Well, what it looks like to me is like, I want to see the movie that these clips came from. <laughs> it's like they took a they took a, a John Hughes movie and really ramped it up on the Rocky end. And, and then they just gave us, or either they really uh, toned down the uh, the scariness of the Lost Boys. Oh my God. And and this is a song that was in that movie and we're just seeing clips from it as it gets started. I'm telling you what though, uh, whoever does Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, uh, loves the Only Lonely video because at the very beginning, that's Negan. <laughs> is it not? With his, with his axe? Yeah, with his axe instead of a bat <laughs> with wrapped in barbed wire. That's Negan. Yes. Oh, my God. So, Walking Dead fans, wake up. Yeah, Go there you watch go. that video. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, I said in the chat, it's the greatest job on Jovi's ever looked. Hashtag female perspective. It's so. it's ridiculous. Um, that feathered hair, that coyote tooth earring, which I looked for for years and years and years until I finally found it, and now I have three pairs. Because <laughs> I, I, my goal is to style myself after 1980s John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Don't, you think I'm lying? I'm not. <laughs> I also have a jacket just like the one in Living on a Prayer. <laughs> mm, wow. Nice. Well, you're a fan. I am. You're a fan. He was the first love of my life, guys. What can I say? Yeah. Um. Yeah. The the point is this: solid album. And I don't know. Like, here's the thing: is I doubt we'll get anyone emailing us saying you guys are so stupid. You don't know Bon Jovi. I don't know. We did get a lot of hate mail for liking uh, Matchbox Twenty. Did we? Yes. You don't remember when we started this show? I must have blocked it out. Oh my God, we got so much hate for it. I remember to the point where we literally did a podcast called Matchbox Twenty. I remember, I remember getting hate for not liking Nirvana. Oh yeah, that's what I remember. Which also, that's an unpopular opinion, but we didn't do that on the show because no negativity. Michael Lynn in the chat says, "I prefer a, platitu- a platypus tooth earring myself." Um, no. instead of a what coyote. A, what? Instead of a coyote tooth earring, a platypus tooth. He's trying to be funny. So, judges mm, i mean anytime you can work platypus in <laughs> right come on um <clears throat> i don't know okay look i can't do this what's about to happen oh is this the one i'm gonna hate yeah and i'm just looking at it, i'm like i don't really believe this with my whole heart Steve, you could have not told anyone that, and you could have just gone ham and gone in and been the total heel. I know, but I just can't bring my... Here's the thing. I can't... This could have been your moment. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. I'm so sorry. Here's the thing. I like Creed. There it is. I said it. Boxing the stars. I'm at Creed Lover on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do something where you lose a bet, man. 
I'm, yes. I'm at Scott Stat Rules. Um, ah! <laughs> with a Z. And alternating capital and lowercase. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> look, Scott Stapp has gone crazy. I recognize that. Um, Creed skirted that line of trying to be deep and stuff and still striking the rock god poses and everything. It was the epitome of the yeah kind of singing. Um, but there was some musicality in some of the stuff they did. Uh, they had some good looks here and there. But here's the thing. I really am not that passionate enough about it to be like, look, listen to this song. It's great. I swear by all the totally, if someone is not isolating all of this in middle to liking Creed, I'm going to be so disappointed in all of you. But um, but they had this song. No, I don't want to do that. Please not with arms wide open. No, 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 no. See, I don't like that one. I didn't like that one the first time I heard it. I did like Higher. Okay. With that fun little lick. But, the, but my favorite album they did was Weathered, which was their third okay. album. And it had my sacrifice on it, which is a, you know, pretty cool. My sacrifice. Yeah, my sacrifice. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a song on the Scorpion King album uh, called To Whom It May Concern. And, and I'm just thinking back. I'm like, I'm not the same person that dug this song. I like them. <laughs> I really am. Like, I, here I am. We have spoken of, 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 of the pastor of the Church of Rock and Roll tonight. <laughs> Who am I to say, hey, guys, listen to Creed? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that. You, I don't know. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who are you, God? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't, like, I've got my, the cursor's over it, and I can't bring myself to hit play. So let's move on. Let me do this instead, because I am pretty passionate about this, and, and I know this is kind of unpopular, and I'm not trying to push anything on anybody. But what I grew up with in a conservative Christian home was my dad called the cable company to make sure that we could not get MTV. Ooh. Yeah. Um, we had to keep any secular music we had kind of on the down low from the old parents. And um, my dad would even kind of give us a hard time about some of the Christian rock side of things. And um, and I did not like music. I, I think I've told this story before. I loved Bad Medicine mm-hmm. as a fifth slash sixth grader. It was like, this music is amazing. And so anytime I got to hang out with my sister or, you know, or something like that, and she'd have the radio on, you know, in, in like Bad Medicine, um, uh, well, anything Bon Jovi, anything Def Leppard, um, <clears throat> when, uh, uh, Lord, even Once Bitten, Twice Shy. Love that Ugh. song. Love that song. Good Lord. I know, right? But here's the thing. What it was, was it was, I, I loved what I was hearing. I loved the sound of rock and roll, right? Well. Trying to bring you over to the dark side. Right. So, but then I tried to be a good little child and didn't want to disappoint my parents. 
And so I didn't really, I didn't listen to a lot of this during the most formative years until like I got to be upper in high school or whatever, later on in high school. So it was, it was around eighth, ninth grade year for me that someone, and I don't know who did, but they turned me on to this group called Petra, Mm -hmm. Christian rock group. And it was like, suddenly I liked music again, because for the longest time I didn't care. I didn't like music. I'm like, I don't, there's just nothing good. It's like, okay, I'm glad y'all got your Christian music. And it sounds, you know, they got their cool harmonies and everything, but I'm just not into it. It's not for me. And, um, and then someone turned, just handed me this group. I don't even know who, I don't even know how this came about in my life that I heard this group for the first time, but I did. (laughs) And I'm like, where has this been? To the point that I became a bit of a Petra super fan. If, if, for what I could be back in the day. Okay. (laughs) Um, Petra started out in the, uh, in the seventies and they were very, Hmm. They were very um <clears throat> not folksy. They were very classic vinyl though. Okay. A lot of a lot of acoustic stuff. Um but they had a they had a really proficient uh guitarist um that that played lead for them. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I never dug that because it wasn't hard. Now I'll go back and listen. I'm like, okay, I can get on, I can get behind this. I can get onto this. That's fine. That's cool. I'm cool with this. But what I got into was they, their, their sound changed as the years went on. And they got this one lead singer in the late seventies, guy named Greg X Volts, who just had that classic rock, you know, high voice. And they started to kind of, they plugged in basically. And I'm like, all right, I can dig this. And then by the time I found him, there was a different lead singer, a guy who sounded more like Steve Perry okay, on vocals. And um, his name was John Schlitt. And, uh, and this was the song, um, this is the song that turned me on to Petra. It's from their album called Unseen Power. And it's a song called Dance. And I'm just going to play a little bit of it because I dig it. I mean, you see, that's, I mean, that's an overproduced song by every stretch of the imagination. Like knowing now what I know about music, I'm like, that's really overproduced, but I still love it. <laughs> it has the vibes of everything you like though. Right. It's got, it's got your electric drums with a big reverb on them. It's got the hard, heavy guitar thing going. 
They even get some vocal harmonies going on that chorus and everything. And this is the song that really turned me back onto rock and roll. Okay. Because I mean, serious business. Because I was like, oh, this exists? And I can look at my parents and be like, this isn't this isn't sinful. You know, they're talking about Jesus. And they are very heavy Jesus stuff on all their stuff. But there there's a there's kind of an art to what they do. And and one and one of the things I really respect about them through up to this album. Now, after this album, you could see them kind of start to maybe show their age a little bit because at this point they've been around for 20 years. Okay. And um and also what was happening in Christian music and the rest of the world was everything was going back kind of acoustic or alternative. Mm-hmm. And so they started to kind of go that route. They even released an album of all of their older hits like on acoustic, you know, done acoustically, which I mean, gag me with a spoon. Why would you do that? Yeah, it's kind of bad. And um, and so, but like when I started going back in their into their catalog, what really impressed me was their ability to to not completely change, but to literally update their sound more and more. Because like if you go back to an album from this was that album came out like in the early '90s with that song on it. But if you go back to um, to the earlier 80s, to the mid-early 80s, uh, same lead singer um, on a different album, and, and this is kind of the, the start of a song. Uh, yeah, let me, let me do this one. So they're doing, they do that thing. You see how it came in real driving and everything with the synth uh-huh. going and everything. And they do the slow down the verse and then they rock it back up, you know, and everything with all that, with all that sound to it. And I'm like, well, that sounds like it's straight out of the eighties. You know why? Because it was, and they just kind of, they leaned into what they were digging and, and they're, and like I say, their sound just kind of evolved through the years. And and it really helped me, this group is the one that like just listening to them really helped me start to understand Okay, people change. The sound can change, you know, and they and the guys can still be rocking out and everything. And then they went all acoustic and it made me sad. But this is literally the group for me. And if, you know, and if there's someone out there who like, you know, like I did Christian rock and there's not really anything good out there anymore, what do you suggest? <laughs> I'd start throwing them Petra albums. And like you you need to listen to this one and this one and and this stuff because there, there's some solid stuff. There's solid instrumental work on all of it. Um, the thing about Christian music is it's always just a touch overproduced, especially as far as the lyrics are involved, like the vocals. Okay. Because the point of Christian music is to get your message out there. And so the vocals are going to be really potted up over everything else a lot of times. Um, but these guys usually had really solid vocals. John Schlitt was a good rock and roll vocalist. And the guy before him, Greg X. Volts, was a good '70s rock vocalist, you know, and um, and With so the most rock and roll name. Yes, right, Greg X. Volts, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, like I I stand by what they do. Like it's not going to be, you know, I can't put them in the same class as um, you know, artistically maybe as a Bruce Springsteen, because part of the issue 
with a lot of Christian music to me that I began to notice, especially in the 90s, was that that I, I don't know there are a lot of there there were a lot of Christian artists who didn't understand the idea of being able to use your art to express your faith. And and so this group, Petra and a lot of other groups, got lost in the mindset of um so being out there to express their faith that sometimes the art suffered. And I think especially in the 90s into the early 2000s, their art suffered a little bit because they were trying to go with the trend rather than just be true to who they were. Um, Which is always a downfall for fans. for anybody, for anybody. When you follow the trend and not what you want to do, that's when things start to get shaky. But in the... uh, but I say that to say this, not and 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 again, it's it's one of those things. It's like I don't expect people to to dig what I dig. I never do. But this is a band that I'm like I could start you here or start you with Striper. You know, Striper's got to some solid. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I will say this: that I I thought Petra was gone. They were they were out of my life. This is one of those great moments in life where, um. You think something's gone, and then you bump into it. And I was in, this was 2003. Um, I was in Walmart, of all places, and perusing the CDs slash movies section, because this is when you still bought CDs, because we were still on dial-up, even in 2003, where I was at, and so you couldn't quite do all the downloading just yet. Just almost there, but not quite. And I see this album. It's completely black, except for white letters that look like they're stenciled, spray-painted stenciled like you would on the side of a, a case, like a, a, a equipment case, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just says Petra. Uh-oh. And then written in, in just pretty little red script is Jekyll and Hyde. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and it's that thing where it's like, I have to buy it. You know, it's Petra. It's a new Petra album. I have to buy it. Because I'm a Petra fan. I've got their crap. I have to buy the new thing, too. So. <laughs> so I love that. I have their crap. I have to buy the new thing, well, too. Well, right. Talk out loud. I'm right. I mean, everyone knows that feeling, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. So. I get out to the car with it. I open it up. And instead of putting it in, I read the liner notes first. And thank God for the liner notes, because what had happened is there was another Christian group that had come on the scene and really blown up. And the guy who was uh, one of the instrumentalists, I think, from that group had been a Petra fan. And he and he's writing in this thing about this project because he ended up producing it. And he talked them into doing this album. And he said, he said, I was disappointed with the direction they took in the mid nineties, in the mid late nineties on into two thousands. He's like, because I knew these guys could rock and I just wanted them to rock one more time. And so I got the band back together. I talked them into doing this and this is the result. And so, so I put in the CD in my CD in my disc man that has the tape, you know, run to the tape deck. Remember those days, everybody. And, uh, and I just hit play to see what would hit me.
And Kristen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not the quality of some of their older stuff. Okay. But when I heard that guitar come in that way, it was like, welcome home. <laughs> welcome Comfort home. music, man. Right, right. Remember when we were listening to Def Leppard and we get to uh, the, the last track, Blind Faith? Oh, my God, yes. And, and... I still get chills thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> when he hits that high note. Oh, when, oh. Joe, when Joe hits that note and it's like he's back where, you know, it's like he pulls the old him out for that little bit to show yep. you at the end of the record. Here we go. That's what it felt like to hear this. And so my thing is, I, there is a lot of crap in Christian music. And I recognize that and acknowledge that for a lot of people. And I don't shy away from that. But I'll tell you this, that I think that Petra, I really do. I think Petra can stand up to the test of time. Some of their, a lot of their better stuff, not the stuff in the late eighties, early two thousands, but, or late nineties rather, but from, from late seventies on through the early nineties, it stands up and it stands up as a great, uh, piece of classic rock and, and eighties rock and everything else, because it has everything that I love in these things about rock and roll music. So that's that was the other thing I was bringing to the table. I'm more passionate about them than I am about Creed. Obviously, yeah. I don't think you could have filled that much time talking about Creed. I filled all the time I could feel talking about Creed, Kristen. <laughs> and that's why you chose to not go forth that's, with that. Exactly, choice. exactly. I wish I would have <laughs> thought about. I wish I would have turned into Troll Steve and trolled you a little bit with it, but I. I just, I, I seriously had it there, and I'm like, because here's what happened to me. As I was scrolling through, I'm like, there's nothing that I'm super, super passionate about that I know is unpopular except for that one group, Petra. And I'm like, well, okay, there you go. Um, I dig them. I, I dig them. There's one other Christian group that's out there. I just don't have a lot of their stuff um, on my computer for some reason. It's a group called DeGarmo and Key. These guys were one of the first Christian bands to have an, uh, have a video actually on MTV. And, wow, uh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And um and they were they were more they definitely were all about their art as much as they were um as much as they were the the message. And and that came through in a lot of what they did. Uh you know, because they were, they did songs that would go on for seven minutes here and there. You know, like they would do jam sessions on some songs and stuff. So, yeah. But anyhow, but I don't have enough of them to really make my case. So, <laughs> Well, you did good, Steve. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, I promised we'd talk about them again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I don't even realize, I didn't realize this was an unpopular opinion, Kristen. Well, unpo okay, so... Well, okay, say say the thing. Okay, this and is, then I will. I'll say why it's un. I, I think it's unpopular. Kristen's statement to the court: "Darkness on the Edge of Town" is the best record Bruce Springsteen ever released. Okay, I see why that's an unpopular opinion. I, you did. Hot take. You went there. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the best record he ever released. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, look, there are, I here's the thing, and maybe it's because of the whole live thing, I love The River, uh -huh. love it, from from stem to stern, I love that album, Um, 
But as I'm going through Darkness on the Edge of Town, I got to tell you, Stem to Stern, love this album. Uh, like I said, the entire record just spits fire. Right, right. Yeah, you... Well, here's what Krista did. <laughs> this is what it's like to get an email from me. Kristen writes in this email, Darkness on the Edge of Town is the best record Bruce Springsteen ever released. Bullet Point, Badlands, Adam Raised the Cane, Something in the Night, Candy's Room, Racing in the Street, The Promised Land, Factory, Streets of Fire, Prove It All Night, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Oh, sorry, I listed every song, but the entire record spits fire, not one filler song. <laughs> it's so much better when you read it. <laughs> Uh, it, it is a good album. It is. I mean, oh. how do you get better than starting out with Badlands? Dude, those drums, though. And then, da -da 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 -da, da -da -da -da. yes! Come on. You could just picture it live. Yes. Everyone pumping their fists. Yes. Badlands. Yes. Come on. Who's... Talk about a rallying cry. There it is. <laughs> By the way, I just want to let you know, we've been behind since the end of the Big Honkin' Show this morning. <laughs> and we're, um, we're not good to end the, end the night on or come close to the end of the night on. We rant too long. And uh, No, no, it's fine. And, uh, and, and Derek and I are doing shoe after this. And so Derek just Derek just hits me up on Skype. He says, I'm on. And so I said, okay, we've been running long all day. It'll probably be 1130 Eastern or so. And he says, I refused. Sorry, Derek. And I said, I mean, we can bring you on Rock Out Loud to talk the killers and the rest of this Bruce album and Def Leppard. And he's like, I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather die. And he says, I swear to God, if there's a craft service in there. Uh, so <laughs> Derek's waiting in the wings, everybody. But I listen... Bruce, Derek, Bruce, Derek, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Badlands is a masterpiece of a song. 100%. Yeah. There's a reason why it's played at almost every single Springsteen show. Yeah. Um, my Lord, all these things. Um, Dude, racing in the street. So. Oh, racing in the street.
if you're not listening to the words this is one of those songs you just feel right like yeah. that that yeah. piano it's so solemn oh. it's sullen and like oh by that, the, like it just packs the punch by the way not to derail this whole conversation i don't okay. appreciate what's been going on on twitter right now <laughs> i do <laughs> someone stole my facebook photo and <laughs> made an i heart creed meme and i don't appreciate it <laughs> we have audio proof um <laughs> oh so man can, can i talk about why this why yes. i feel this yes. is an unpopular opinion okay yes so here's some here um are some receipts to back it up this this album produced no singles no hit singles hmm Okay, so Prove It All Night and Badlands were the only two songs on this record to chart, and they didn't chart high whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I feel like to the critic, Born to Run is the best album Bruce ever put out. Right. Or Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I feel Well, I feel like to the music snob, Nebraska is the right. best album Bruce ever put out. I feel to most musicians, Nebraska is the best record he ever put out. Mm-hmm. I feel to the cat, like the very casual radio friendly fan, born in the USA is what they know Bruce for. Because sure. to use your word, Steve, that is what brought Bruce into the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. Of the world, right? This record is kind of sandwiched in between all of those. And when was this? Seventy eight, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. June, June of seventy eight, mm-hmm. and. I don't know, like, I feel like to the, the, the casual fan, the fan that is just into the singles and all that, mm-hmm. you're not looking at this record. See, that's interesting, because I feel like this record is important. Oh, my God, without a doubt. Yeah, I, and, and honestly, to me, it's kind of uh, almost like the middle part of a trilogy. Okay. Born to Run, This, The River. Yep. And... And it's the second act that holds those things together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like add so much to both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this record makes what you hear on Born to Run special. Mm-hmm. And this record makes what you hear on the river. A, makes sense because we started to tackle different themes on this record. Right. And it makes that it makes those things more special. Mm-hmm. 
this, like, to me, this record, I am so sad that I could not go to one of the shows that he did where he did this record start to finish. And I've heard... Let's see. I've heard all of the songs on the, this record live, except for something in, in the night, which talk about like the end of that song. They found the things we love crushed and dying in the dirt. We tried to pick up the pieces, get away without getting hurt, mm-hmm. but they caught us at the state line. Oh my God. Like, and it's just him in that snare. Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so good. I have not heard factory, which mm-hmm. makes me cry. Yeah. Like, cause this is what he saw the men in his life doing. Mm-hmm. Factory takes his hearing. Factory takes his life. Oh, my God. Like, t- thanks, Bruce. Two minutes and 17 seconds. He killed me. Thank you. Um, Streets of Fire. And I have never heard Darkness on the, on the Edge of Town, which is a real problem for me. Because it's one of my all-time faves. You've never heard Darkness on the Edge of Town live? Nope. 26 huh. times, Steve. Never heard it. Wow. I know. And that's a great song. Dude. Like, I just want... I just want to be there and be live and fi- and just, like, scream, tonight I'll be on that hill because I can't stop. I'll be on that hill with everything I got. hmm Oh, my God. Like, it's cathartic. It's just like how The Promised Land, you know, um, blow away the lies that leave you nothing but lost and brokenhearted. Like, if you're in a bad place and Bruce plays that song live mm-hmm. and you can scream that at the top of your lungs... Yep. It will exercise your demons for you. Yeah. It has on me on many occasions. Same mm-hmm. thing with Darkness on the Edge of Town. Well. I, and that's that's all I have to say about that. I'm dropping the mic. Uh, listen, I, I'm in your camp on this. <laughs> I'm in your camp on this. So, um, <clears throat> number three. And this is one where you're going to have to educate me because I have okay. no no... No skin in this game, so to speak. Uh, Battleborn by The Killers is the best Killers album behind Sam's Town. 100%. How is it, that? First off, so, how is that an unpopular opinion? Okay, it's an unpopular opinion because fans hate this record. Really? Yeah. It is everyone's least favorite. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because it's not super synthy. Mm. it's not you know it's not hot fuss and it's not day and age and it's like i feel like the killers kind of do like an every other album thing Mm -hmm. like hot fuss and day and age are both very like dancey synth heavy then you have sam's town sam's town is the departure sam's town is a more mature record a Mm -hmm. more ambitious record lots of different sounds and influences in that and then Battleborn is this, like, I will kill you with the lyrics and I will write songs that seem so happy. And then you look at those lyrics and you're like, this song is gut-wrenching. Well, that's a Bruce move. I know. And yeah. Brandon Flowers in Brandon Flowers has a, a writing room that he likes to he tries to write in and he mm-hmm. has a piano in there and his wife got him a big picture of Bruce Springsteen and it's hanging above the piano. Mm-hmm. And Brandon says, he's like, it's up there because I like to remind myself that there's always someone better than me. And it's that man right there. Wow. And I would love to meet Brandon flowers and be like, Brandon, I am a huge Bruce fan. Huge. That's... Unbelievable. 
but I will put some of your lyrics, especially off of Battleborn, yeah. like I will put The Way It Was and Runaways and Miss Atomic Bomb right up there with Springsteen songs lyric-wise. I really would. I uh, I do that with a picture of Derek Russell. See? It's always good to have idols. Yeah, it's good to know that there's always someone better than you. Yep. It's good so. to have someone to look up to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there as an as an example as exhibit a from this album the one that you go gaga for right yes okay so okay everyone knows the killers mr brightside that's Mm -hmm. the big hit right right so miss atomic bomb when they were writing the record for battleborn they could not get anything down they like writer's block they couldn't get anything just to stick Mm -hmm. and they wrote miss atomic bomb and they wrote it as a prequel Hmm. to Mr. Brightside. Okay. So it gives you the other perspective of the song Hmm. before, like, he's tainted and when he's still innocent, like, we were innocent and young. And, like, the, the, the bridge of this song, like, talk about pipes. Like, he just wails where he's like, I'm standing here, sweat on my skin, and this love that I've cradled is wearing thin. And, like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This song is, like, honestly, top three killer songs for me of all time. So good. And the fact that it's on an album that people kind of panned and people didn't love is so upsetting to me. Because <laughs> they are missing, like, honestly, like, Again, like the way it was. Yeah. Talk about a song yeah. that sounds so happy mm-hmm. 
And the chorus is, if I go on with you by my side, can it be the way it was? Mm. Did you forget all about those golden nights? And, like, again, I blow my vocal cords out to that song because it's so good. And the lyrics, you're just like, oh, my God. I would love, like, again, talking about loving to have a conversation with someone. Mm -hmm. I would love to sit down with Brandon Flowers and be like, you write lyrics of, like, of unease (laughs) and not feeling okay in your skin with your situation like no one else like you were unparalleled in that how do you do that where do you go to do that because from all intents and purposes he seems like a super happy dude maybe he's not (laughs) well it's again it may be that artist soul you know because so many times uh you know artists tend to create from pain mm-hmm. or, you know, or they dig into those experiences. And, um, I don't know anything about these guys. I know that I like leave the bourbon on the shelf. Yeah, you do. And, and I'll I, drink it by myself. And I'll tell you this. I like the way it was. That's a good song. That's a good song. I agree. It's Angie's favorite. Yeah. If we go back, um, yeah, I, listen, you've introduced me to the Killers, and I've learned to l- like the Killers. We're getting there, slowly but surely. You know surely. what I'm saying? No, I do. I, I dig them. <laughs> I mean, I've got... I don't know why you don't like that I like Leave the Bourbon on the Shelf. <laughs> no, I do like that you like that. I just think it's so funny that out of everything, you like your favorite song is a track off the B-Sides record. Like, I love you so much for that, kid. <laughs> Let me see. Let me look real quick. I'm, I'm going to do an experiment here. Uh, most played killer songs right now in my iTunes. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> um, okay. Coming in at number three, according to these numbers, is The Way It Was. Okay. Coming in at number two, All These Things That I've Done. Well, you play that all the time. I do play so that all the time. of course that is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I just like when it gets to, I got sold, but I'm not a soldier. Tied at number one. Both off of sawdust. Leave the bourbon on the shelf, and who let you go? Really? Mm-hmm. I never would have guessed that, Steve. Neither would I have, Kristen. Let's let me see what this sounds like. It it hypnotizes you is what this song does. And so I just let it play a lot of times. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I dig that. And I like, <clears throat> I mean, I I really do like this group. I think they're great. I like his vocals. Uh, when the Miss Atomic Bomb that we just listened to. Uh, see, Battleborn, I'm not familiar with the whole album. Um, but I'm sorry. Did they just start out with a whole synthesizer thing getting going? Yes. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> Since I'm in. I'll, I'll discover the lyrics later. That's you know? your big check mark. <laughs> right? You, if it's like, do, but do they have synths? Do they have keys? Yes. Do they they have, do? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. You'll, not, at least listen, you'll at least buy the record or stream the that's record. That's right. Exactly. I'll give, it a, I'll give it a listen if they got that. So, I, look, I, again, this is one of those I can't, and I'm sure there's some Killers fans out there. I know Dave Jones who listens to us from Mark Out Loud. Um he loves the killers 
And I, I, I would love to have him on a show to talk some killers. Oh, he'd love to come on the show and talk killers. That would be amazing. So, well, we should we should work that up. We know I've got. Listen, there's so many people want to do mashup shows with you, Kristen. What? Yes, I got Teresa want to do a Disney Vault Talk mashup with Rock Out Loud. Well, she wants to do a girl power show. Yeah, I got uh, Arish wanting to do a uh, Pass the Corn mashup with Rock Out Loud. Yeah, I'm down for all this, Steve. Yeah. Like, let's make it happen. And Dave is all about, like, man, you guys got to let me come on. Of course, he won't talk about Georgia bands. No. Um, <laughs> 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 so, Derek wants to do a show. Um, are you sure? Are you? I don't know. Where was that? I don't know. Oh, great. Now I've been put facing a hole on a Creed band poster. I hate you're you funny you know what if you're gonna retweet steve loves creed here's mm, you're putting fuel in the fire i if if we get here's what i'll do if we get to five thousand before we're through the marathon tonight that's and that's a tall order because right now we're at uh twenty two fifty seven I mean, thirty-two fifty-seven. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, what? I went backwards. I'm sorry, I can't read my writing. Uh, if we get to if we get to the five thousand before the end of the night, I will change for one week. I will change my Twitter handle. I can't change my Twitter handle. I've got my name, and I just know someone will swoop in and try to steal it. Well, what about your bio? I will change my bio to I love Creed, the band, not the movie. This is what I'll write. I love Creed, the band, not the movie. Creed forever. Creed rules with a Z. And alternating caps in lowercase. Wait a minute. Breaking news. Derek Russell says you can lock down your name. Oh, yeah? Don't know what that means, but he just said it in all caps, so he's very excited about okay. it. Okay. Well, I'll talk to Derek about how I can lock down my name, but I will do that if we can get to 5,000. Guys. So. Come on. You know, that means you got to tweet it out to all your peeps, and I'll embarrass myself. So. <sighs> My sacrifice. Can you take me? We were talking me? about the killers. I'm you sorry. You're not putting Creed well, in with the killers. Yeah, well, we're going to move on. To um, a band you know a lot about, at least if we're going in order. Yeah, we are. We are. Okay. Number four. <laughs> And I quote, Slang is one of Def Leppard's best album albums. I'm going to edit this for you. Slang, oh, I say album, my bad. Yeah. Slang <laughs> was one of Def Leppard's best albums and was thrown away because of the decade it came out. Shots fired. Come at me, bro. Kristen, name the decade. Put it on blast. Oh, I don't know. It might have been the 1990s. The 90s? Mm, could have been maybe the 90s? Maybe like 1995. Oh, and I'm so ashamed that it came out the year I graduated and it just got glossed over. Which is awful. Mm -hmm. But here, like, here's the one good thing, okay, about this record coming out in the 90s. Because no one liked this genre of music or any of these bands, mm -hmm. it gave them the freedom to do whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah. And in some cases, it wasn't super successful. Mm -hmm. In others, it was. Def Leppard went to Africa, I believe, 
and took all this music uh, influence from African music and did a record that was so not like anything you've ever heard before from this band. And they took a risk and it's amazing. And I will tell you, it's a widely unpopular opinion, but amongst like super Def Leppard fans, they will tell you Slang is one of Def Leppard's greatest records. It is a, it is a fantastic album. Like where does love go mm-hmm. when it dies? Yes. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm yep. sorry. What? Like any song about Steve Clark is just a win, but that's amazing. Blood runs cold. Joe's vocal on that is bone chilling. Blood runs cold is the most played song on the album on my iTunes. It just hits you, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is no joke. Mm-hmm. And just like everything, like all I want is everything. The singles, oh. slang, work yep. it out. Like yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sin that this record is not bigger than it was. Let's drop a little Blood Runs Cold. How about that? Yes. Let's do it. this song i let it play too long i did not mean i did not mean to rhyme that time things were happening yeah big things were happening and um you know what since we got slang pulled up and uh and this is kind of a jamming song i'll make the announcement to this song how about that love it 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, I guess for a week I'm going to have to change my bio and stuff on Twitter about all about how I love Creed because combined with the 235 that uh, was raised before we went live, we're now at $5,002. And uh, wow. So... It's no celebration, but dang it. Look wow. at that. Wow. Way to go, Goliverse. And way to stick my foot in my big mouth. <laughs> and I'm glad it happened on where? Oh, Rock, rock out, out Loud. You guys are amazing. <laughs> so that was a huge uh, donation coming in uh, from Miss J. We can still take more. Let's blow this thing on out of the water. Uh, we want to thank, uh, back when we started out with Mark Out Loud, Spider Shan got in there with 25, Clark Wilson and Miss J with a huge donation coming in. And I know that there are a couple of people who are talking to their companies about matching donations they've made. So there's a good chance that we will be well, well, um, beyond the goal by the end of the week. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so, so very much. It is it is a huge, huge deal, and it means the world to me, and I know it means the world to Cure, and it means the world to the kids that they help. So, slang, Kristen. Slang did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way, way to go, Def Leppard. It's the only thing that did it. <laughs> like, oh. Listen, I just want to say I agree with you on, on this. Um, I do, uh, to me, and I'm I'm on the side where – I'm like you. There's a lot of songs that because of the radio play they get and stuff get really played out to me. Um, there's a lot of Def Leppard songs I know that are kind of played out to you mm -hmm. um, that are not to me. There's something about this music that just sticks with me and that and it always sneaks up on me that I think it's played out and then when it starts playing, I'm like, no, it's not. Um, I, I, in the words of Michael Keaton, um, as he was talking about, no, it wasn't Michael Keaton. Oh my gosh. Daggummit. In the words of the guys from Office Space, when they were referring to Michael Bolton, I celebrate Def Leppard's whole catalog. And uh, and this is one of those I just love this album. That Blood Runs Cold song, I'm telling you, I love that song. And it's a it's so well done. And you've already mentioned Where Does Love Go, uh, when it dies. All I want is everything. That's as you said, one of the singles that come out of there. But this is just it's a, such a good good album if i could just highlight some lyrics really quick sure because you know me i'm the lyric girl yes ma'am talking about where does love go when it dies which is probably my favorite song on the record um could you bite the hand that feeds you and then ask for more could you kiss the wound that bleeds spit it on the floor could you open up your heart then close the door and would it ever be enough every word you whisper all the tears you hide you die for love when it's alive but where does love go when it dies hmm are you kidding? Mm. And again, we've talked on this podcast how Def Leppard is not the band that you go to to kind of look at, um, look at for lyrics and for like that quality, just wow, wow, wow factor. And this album gives it to you. Mm -hmm. Everything you thought they couldn't do, guess what? They can do it better than yeah. you. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're good. I, 
and we've talked about this a, a million times before that Def Leppard is uh, a lot of a lot of people really underestimate their talent. They yep. underestimate um, the extent of their not only not only their vocal talent but their their playing talent as well. Um, you're talking about very proficient artists across the board, and and the sound that they work to develop. Um, that they worked to to bring together is just it, it's fascinating. It's like you said with this album, they could do whatever they wanted to, and yep. what they did is a, is an incredible melding of sounds and and making just a great album that honestly should have stuck out in a big bad way in the middle of the '90s. And I'm ashamed of my generation that we didn't let it. You guys just weren't ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, well, was, I was only six, so you know I couldn't really do much of anything. We were we were stuck on the uh, yeah, the, yeah, and the uh, the oh my gosh, why can I not think of it? I've been doing this for over twelve hours, so excuse me. I, I know. Let's, ladies and gentlemen, we were let's stuck. All give it up. We were awesome. we were stuck on the interstate love song back then. Oh yeah, so oh Stone Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. By the way, I want to I want to revisit the Creed situation really quickly. Um, I'm not backing out. By the way, of yeah, my commitment. no, you're not. No, 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 I'm not backing out of my commitment. Damn right, you're no, not. No, 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 I'm not backing out of my commitment. But I am saying, um, <clears throat> that the thing that comes out of Creed is when Scott Stapp left, they. Uh, they were able to kind of come out from under what he wanted to do creatively. And uh, they brought in a vocalist by the name of Miles Kennedy and formed a little band called Ultra Bridge. And that's your boy. Yes. And they, and now I'll tell you this now, Ultra Bridge rocks. I, I will take up the, I, and I don't, you know, I'm not familiar enough with their entire catalog to really sit here and give you the defense of that. But one day, Kristen, one day. I'm ready for you to throw it down. I will. I will. So there they are some, and what that did, what I'm, by getting out from under the, the whole, well, we want to write these super inspiring, almost spiritual things. They, they were able to just go rock and roll. Not that there's anything wrong with that other stuff, but you know, they were able to go rock and roll and, and gosh, and Miles Kennedy. I have a man crush on Miles Kennedy. I think that's obvious. Oh, we, it's it's very well documented yeah. on Rock Out Loud. Yeah, I idolize Bruce Springsteen, but I've got a man crush on Miles Kennedy. 100%. I mean, that so, hair, it's luscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, quote Scott, George Costanza, thick, luscious hair is very important to yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you know, Scott Stapp had good hair. Did he, though? Yeah. It always so. kind of looked, was greasy for me. Really? There were times where I saw him. Yeah. Um. So, uh, all right. Let's uh, let's finish up with your final statement here. Uh-huh. And this is a kind of a blanket statement. And, it is, and, but and you it, agree. I do. And here's what I would love to do on a future episode is just take this blanket statement and just start back and forth over the net. They're coming next week. Yeah. <laughs> this is what Kristen says. There's a lot of great music of substance that came out of the 80s, but people choose to dismiss it or overlook it. Fight me! 
It's true. And then she says, you, I mean, and then she says to me personally, you won't, but a lot of people hate the 80s sports music. I love <laughs> 80s music. I love 80s pop music. Mm-hmm. I love 80s rock music. I, I just, I think there's something so positive. And even, even with the pop stuff and you get into the new wave stuff and everything, and even though you know, that we were learning the new production tricks and electronic stuff was really coming into its, to its own during that time. There was still something real about what was going on. Whereas when you turn to pop today, outside of everyone's favorite Taylor Swift, um, that the talent and there are talented people doing pop music, the talent gets buried under auto tuning and, um, and lip syncing and, gross overproduction and just trying to ape what is the cool sound uh-huh. rather than, Hey, let's come have some fun with this, with this sound experiment with this sound and do this thing, you know? And, um, and, and, and so you get some real stuff out of the eighties that though it is sometimes cheesy and campy, I think that by and large, you know, you can find some stuff that's real. You take a Cindy Lauper girls just yep. want to have fun is, you know, it sounds like, well, this just little, fun little pop ditty that's no big deal but you look at the what else she did and then you listen to her vocals on some stuff cindy lopper could wail true colors true colors is you know i mean it's again overplayed maybe yes Mm -hmm. you know but but yeah for sure true colors time after time Mm -hmm. um you know and that's not to talk about you know the big the huge heavy hitters out of the 80s you know when michael jackson came into his own madonna and this is just in the pop realm i'm talking about when you when you step over into rock, you get icons as well. There there are rock icons that came out of the eighties, and their sound has lasted with people not just because of nostalgia. It, you know, I, I think it's lasted because there's substance there. And the thing, like, what kills me? Okay, so again, well well established. You all know I hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So now, like all these eighties artists, like these iconic eighties artists. Did not get in. Have been waiting and waiting, waiting for years and years and years. And then you have all these '90s bands coming up that are getting in first ballot, or getting nominated first ballot, or being talked about at like as soon as like they're eligible to be talked about. And I think that is so awful because now it's like these bands from the '80s like are they're never they're never getting in because everyone is seen as cooler than the '80s. People just dismiss the 80s because, oh, well, you know, everything was so cheesy. And and like you said, it's like, well, that's when you're learning new things. That's when you're experimenting with things. And you wouldn't have music from the 90s or today or, you know, in 20 years from now if it wasn't for music from the 80s because they made so many advancements when it came to production, live shows. And, yeah, is some of it cheesy, as we learned about earlier from our Bon Jovi Only Lonely video? Yes, 100%. But in all of that, you can find things that stand out. Like, I am not a fan of U2, but when did U2 come out? And when did U2 explode in the 80s? Mm-hmm. So you can't dismiss and be like, well, U2's the, uh, the exception to the rule. Okay, Bruce Springsteen, again, huge icon of the 80s. Born in the USA took him to another level. Born in the USA was a pop record as made by Bruce Springsteen. And again, the casual fan, Born in the USA is this patriotic song. No, it ain't. 
there ain't no patriotism about born in the USA. So, again, and oh yeah, Ronald Reagan, Mr. Bruce Springsteen, so much hope of the young, of in the eyes of young people and talks about born in the USA. It's like, you have no clue. Yeah. You have no clue. Well, you know, we mentioned, and I don't want to get too specific as we're wrapping up, but, you know, we talked about born in the USA before, and I said, I think it is a patriotic song because the message is take care of these people. Look what these yeah. people went through. Don't you know, be an a-hole. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's quite patriotic, um, and uh, you know I don't uh, look I idolize Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> We've made that abundantly clear tonight. And I love it. I love it. I idolize Bruce Springsteen. Miles Kenny is my man crush, and I love Creed. I heart Creed. You heart Creed, <laughs> and the eighties are great. And the eighties are great, indeed, indeed. Well, Kristen, it's been a show, my friend. It it's has, always good. It has doing been this a again. show. Yes, yes. And I look forward to our next topic about expanding on our last bullet point. Well, I, we need to talk about it because I really would like to just kind of just ping pong things back and forth, and you know, put my Google food food to use as you name a song, and I just bring it up, kind of thing. I love it. And Let's just kind do of this. on the fly, you know, do do seven or eight songs that way, and, and see what we can come up with, but. Um, until then, if you're listening via the podcast airways, please head over to geekoutonline.com slash cure and donate. Um, there's a long story about the mix-up in numbers, but even though we have crossed our goal, it doesn't quite show up yet on the board. So if you can head over that way and just make it show up so we reach our goal. This way, the cure people will trust us more down the road to do this again. And, um, and thank you so much to those who have donated. It means the world... Us, Carissa in the chat live shared a story about a little girl who uh, battled cancer at six years old, and because of um, doctors and and cancer research that was funded by in part by Cure, the little girl's alive today. And uh, so it's just uh, it's it's such a need, it's such a real thing. Families are affected by this daily, and um, and so your help means the world. If you want to interact with Kristen and I, you can email us, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Was Kristen wrong about her stuff? Do you hate Petra? Um, do you not like Creed? Fight me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag fight me. Hashtag fight me. Um, and uh, what else is there? Oh, the Facebook group, our Goaliverse Facebook group. is. Uh, you can get there by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. We've got a Rock Out Loud Facebook page. We'd love you to like and discuss stuff over there with us. Uh, what do you like? What Send in some stuff. Get some dialogue going about the music we love. And tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where you agree. Tell us where you think, hey, I agree with you guys, but have you considered this great song from this great artist? That sort of thing. Uh, we love stuff like that. So we'd love to hear from you. We're at Rock Out Loud Pod on the Twitter. And uh, Kristen is at Xboxing the Stars. I'm at Steve Glosson. I've got to lock that name down, but it may be for a while at I Love Creed. Anyhow. I love this. All right, everyone. That's it for Rock Out Loud. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for donating to Cure. This uh, The Cure, uh, the donations will be open through the end of January, so you can definitely do that if you're listening to this in the future. Until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock you guys are amazing. Rock on, everyone. Rock on, guys. Bye.